Welcome back to the AHG Way podcast, episode number four of the Seller Series. These things yeah. go so fast, don't they? Yes, they, they do. do. Chris, you feel so yeah. far away this time. You better not move anything. They're going to yell at us. Yeah. Yeah. Snap, crackle, pop. Mm-hmm. No does. moving. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. No moving. Okay. Yeah, we're on a roll here with the Seller Series. So we've talked about selecting an agent, why you should never for sale for sale by owner of your house. Yeah, don't for sale by owner. Don't for sale by owner that thing. Is that a verb? <laughs> don't sell your house yourself. You let professionals do that. We've talked about home staging and valuation. Today we're going to talk about going oh, live in the MLS. The What's day. the MLS? The Want to walk us through that? Yeah, so the multiple listing service. Yep. So I'll tell you how real estate is different than autos. So so low. Zillow? Zillow? Well, no, that's not really Zillow, is it? <laughs> we go live on Zillow today. I'll do that. Yeah. You end up live on Zillow, yeah, don't you? Do. You hope you'd rather be live than dead. So, uh, <laughs> so if you're buying a car, if you go over to Smith Chevrolet, then you hop across the road and you go to Teton Toyota, and then you just go right next door to the Volkswagen dealership, or then you go right next door to the BMW dealership, you get to deal with four different salespeople. Mm-hmm. The great thing about the multiple listing service, the MLS, is that's a cooperative service between all the different real estate firms, yep. not just in Idaho Falls. We have people, members in the MLS that are from Pocatello, Island Park, Twin Falls, right. even some from Boise yep. that have access. And so we all share the data, we share the listings, with the idea being that more is better. And so that the more exposure that we get to homes, the better it is, not only for the seller, but convenience for the buyer too, because right. you've got to travel to all those different places as a buyer. But when you deal with a real estate agent and the MLS, you can see it all in one spot. It's a one, you know, one-stop shopping. I love that. That's a great, great yeah. sample. And you can, uh, then you can just hire someone that you trust, like you said, and then they, they have access to all of the inventory. Right. So you're not limited. Otherwise you're thinking, well, Who's going to have the most inventory? And you might get the worst professional that has access to the work, the most inventory. And so, yeah, it's a great it's a great concept. All right, so Chris, help me understand how compensation works because if I'm a seller, how who's paying my agent? Who's paying the buyer's agent? If I'm a buyer, how does, how does that all work? In in relate, assuming this is an MLS listed property, what are some generally right. understood principles? So if you're the seller, uh, you're going to pay your listing agent, the, the agent that actually helps you prepare your property to go onto the market, do what they do. Um, you'll be responsible for whatever their compensation is. Okay. Um, and then you'll also market some type of compensation to a buyer's agent. Ah, okay. So that they, there's a ton of buyer's agents out in the market. They are representing presenting buyers, they're taking them around to properties, and so you market and say to them, hey, bring them here, bring me an offer, and I will compensate you as well. So It's always struck me as odd that the seller's paying the buyer's agent. I mean, it makes it sense, but it does feel a little weird, and I think it struck, strikes some buy, buyers uh, as odd, too. Well, you know, it's well, just a diff- it's an interesting it concept. Different. Yeah, It's yeah, probably and, one and, of the things that, uh, even I was confused by that, you know, way back when, before I was doing real estate, Yeah, because I... I was a traditional sales guy. So if somebody's gonna represent somebody else, then it's that other person's responsibility mm-hmm. yeah. to pay them, you know? Yeah. So it was a little backwards to me. Well, and it's, I, I think it's kinda, I think it helps for, for people to understand that it's technically the listing agent that's paying the buyer's agent. So really here's what's happening. And it's like exactly what you said, you kinda sliced it in half, but the seller and their agent agree on a total commission. Correct. For the whole transaction. Right. And and I don't wanna say the number, you know, there's a generally understood number, but we don't wanna say it. Right. Um, that's the total. 
and then the agent goes out there and says, okay, thanks for paying me that amount. Now they turn around and they say, hey, all the other agents in the community, I'll give you a... And that's published in the MLS. Yeah. That's, yep. that's a, yep. we publish that, and so the MLS. They're saying, help me sell this house. We'll work right. together on it, and we'll split the commission, or I'll give you whatever share the MLS advertises right. for it. So yeah. you're right, Chris, though. Technically, the, the seller, in a standard, traditional approach, MLS approach, seller's paying buyer's agent, seller's paying listing agent. That's right. And so that gets confusing for people, but I think it's important to understand. Right. So that MLS actually serves as the contract or the agreement between the real estate firms. Okay. So let's say your home is listed with XYZ Realty and we come along with the buyer to buy it, the full commission is paid to XYZ Realty and then per whatever's in the MLS, then XYZ Realty will pay our company yeah. out of their proceeds is technically how the flow happens. Now, right. our title companies work to circumvent that, but that's how it works and that's another yeah. one of the beauties and the power of the MLS system. Yeah. yeah, and I think the reason why that distinction is important is because sometimes a seller, it's natural for them to assume that if there isn't a buyer's agent that's different than the listing agent, then great, I'm only, I'm only half the commission, X percent. But the contract is the total amount. That's right. And so if a, if a listing agent goes and finds a buyer and brings them in, unless there's something specifically agreed upon that's different, the whole commission goes to the listing agent. And so that, I think that's helpful for buyers to understand because there's not necessarily this immediate granted discount by going straight to the listing agent, right. bypassing some other buyer's agent that might have been working really hard for you. Oh, shoot, someone told me if I call the listing agent, I'm going to get a deal because there's only half the commission. Seller saves some money. They'll give me a better deal, but not necessarily. No. Right. The commission generally doesn't change unless there's something in, worked out. In fact, in our MLS, if you list a, if you list a property, Sean, and you've got a total commission that's being paid, and if, if within that agreement you say, if I bring the buyer, I will do it for this percentage. You have to disclose that? You have to disclose that inside the MLS because that's the only way it can be fair to buyers that are not working with right. the listing agent for that buyer to be aware and that other agent to be aware that there's been an advantage. Yeah which would hold that buyer to a disadvantage. Created. Yeah, because you'd have so two buyers disclosure. offering the same amount, yeah. but one of them nets the seller more. <laughs> that's right. And, and there's nothing illegal about that, but both agents need but, to understand the, what, what rules they're disclosed. playing by. Right. It, it, is, it is a violation of our standards of practice if it's, if not, it's not disclosed, disclosed. Exactly. because it creates an uneven playing field for the consumer. So it's actually a consumer protection, protection yeah. is, is why we have that in our system. So yep, that's yep. another advantage, again, of yeah. MLS. and just So these are some technical plays. approaches to MLS, but generally speaking, it's like we talk about the MLS and some people think, oh, that's the software, that's the, that's the website that I go to to mm -hmm. see the house, or that's the, that's the group of agents that are working together. What is the MLS technically? Is it, the, is it the cooperating group of agents that are all part of the association that have all said, let's work together? Mike, you take or, this one, brother. Or is it the website? <laughs> this is all you. Is it the website where I go to look at the houses? <laughs> so, so the MLS, so we, we, there's a board and everything else. I mean, it's an official organization. And yes, it is, a, it is an entity that's owned by the realtors. Okay. By the, by the realtors, essentially just to keep that simple. And, and it's, so it's an aggregator of all the listings. And then what happens is Good. those, so all those listings are aggregated to a central location within the MLS, which, which then the MLS then distributes out. That's how the with, listings get with to what Zillow. Mechanism? So with, there's a contract, there's actually a contractual agreement that that's occurring 
that uh, that um, each brokerage has with the MLS authorizing the release of yeah. those. So that's mm -hmm. how that's how Zillow and Realtor.com and Homes.com yeah. and and even the individual agent websites. So agents have websites and they have listings on their websites. Yeah. This is through the MLS how it gets. Those are secondary though to the actual. So so let's just yes. use names like Navica is a company Snake. that built software. That, that is a, is a facilitator, it's a technical facilitator mm -hmm. of this aggregate of listings. Yes. So when we load a, a listing, the very first place that we load it is navica.com. Navica. Yeah. And that's a back-end MLS. Now, Navica has a front-end website for consumers called Snake River MLS in this case. Right. Now, once they go there, that's when there's the agreement. Okay, all these other websites can then pick up the data, but the actual central location is, is in our case, right. Navica. So, because here's a question for you. And I know this is a little bit technical, and we'll circle back. Was there an MLS before there was the internet? Oh yes. Yeah. So what was the mechanism for delivery in that case? Because right now it's the internet. That's how it was a telegraph. So, <laughs> so you want to know? Pony Express. Yeah, you yeah. want to know how it was? Yeah. So in '88, we actually, our MLS book was a binder. Okay. And it was literally it was a paper a binder. database. It was a paper database. Right. Yeah. And every week okay. we got updates, and it said take. Was you know, take page ring? 10 out. Yeah, three-wing yeah. binder. Bring in, take He out lights up when in. we talk so, about the good this, old days. No, that's, you know, he gets this twinkle in his eye. There's a lot of history in that. It's amazing to think yeah. about where it's come. And really, yeah. the beautiful thing about today with the MLS and, and the Internet is that at that time in 88, the only way a consumer found out about a property was to talk with the realtor. Yeah. The realtor completely controlled the information. Mm. And so now in today's world... Uh, often when we call, the buyers have really researched it. They've looked at the photos. They, yeah. I mean, they, they may have looked, tried to look at history with different websites. So they've able to get that information. So now the value that we would yeah. bring is not just about the photos. It's, it's about everything else associated right. with the real estate transaction. What does the timing look like? If, if I'm listing my house with you, Chris, and we sign the paperwork, we go through the staging, we do the photos, and then now it's launch day, it's live day. So we've got a team in the back end and they're loading all of the data into the website, into Navica, they're uploading the pictures, and then there's that green submit button. When they click submit, what happens after that? Like when is it available on Snake River MLS? And then when, do you know? I don't, I don't know exactly, I know, well so I know. Sean, I specialize as an agent on our team, so I'm gonna okay. have to defer to <laughs> Carrie or Carly or. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know what the, the lapse is, yeah. but it's fairly quick. Yeah. Once we hit submit, it rolls. And that's why we do, you know, we'll, we'll double and triple check that information because not only does it go quick, it's hard to retract. Once, yeah. once that information's out there, if there's an error, we, you know, it populates. To An extra zero in the price. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. They had a nine, $990,000 price drop in the first yeah. 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. You guys are desperate. That was a little, a little rough. And that's in yeah. the history now, right? Yeah. yeah you get, oh, and we to work to get it out of there. <laughs> yeah. But the answer to that question is it's about a minute. Well, Snake, yeah, Snake River MLS, it's actually real time yeah. because the Snake River MLS is, is a public window into Navica. Mm -hmm. And if it's live in Navica, it's live in the MLS. Yeah, now, good. Zillow, I don't know that. It used That's to be when Zillow first came around, if you made a change today, you'd be lucky to see it tomorrow or the day after. Yeah. Now, they're, I don't know, it's, they're, they're it's, syncing. It's, it's happening quite, it's pretty, quite frequently. Yeah. It's Within a few quick. hours, you think? Within a couple hours. Okay. Yeah. Is out on Zillow. Yeah. But they don't pick up all the changes. There is still risk in looking at those, some of those peripheral sites. We had, we had a price change. Well, we actually had a property that went back on the market here um, Monday. Okay. 
um, actually it was on Sunday, and we relaunched it, and within an hour, it was on Realtor.com and Homes.com and so yeah. on. So it was back live on all those other domains, which is which, and again, that's a great benefit because it's not getting going live just in one place. Yeah. You know, we talked about for sale by owner, which most of the time it's a place. You're depending on everybody going to the spot that you've chosen, versus with us. That's the other thing I'll just say. In in our case, it's. I mean the. MLS tells us about 350 different websites, which so that means it's going to websites we've never heard of yeah. when it goes to all these, to everywhere that it goes. And it's really a lot more than that. When you count all the different agent websites and everything else that are out there, it's going, it's getting broadly distributed mm -hmm. so yeah. that anybody who might have a chance of being interested in your property should be able to that's right. find it. Yeah. Okay. So for us at Anderson Hicks, that's just one of the ways that we're going to advertise your property. I think for a lot of agents, if they don't have a lot of resources, that is the way. Mm -hmm. That and a sign is the two-pronged approach to getting the house out. Of course, we have a thousand other ways to make sure we get maximum exposure. Well, maybe um, not a thousand, but a lot of them. Yeah, that was that's true. <laughs> Last I counted, it was almost a thousand. Yeah, I run marketing. I think it's about a thousand. That's what so, I okay. Yeah, I'll do. Okay, we have I'll a thousand-point marketing plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a binder. Annika, she helped me get it to a thousand. I told her that's a goal. Let's get it. Yep, to a thousand ways. Okay, thanks you guys for watching. We are uh, wrapping up here with episode number four, four. four. Seller Series. We'll be back next week with episode number five. Thanks for joining.